Good day. This is Godliness with Contentment, episode 43. My name is Keno Hanna, and I'm here to have a conversation about how to win with money from the Bible's perspective. I believe that it is possible for Christians, people of faith, to reach financial independence. As to what financial independence is, well, financial independence depends. <laughs> it depends on what you say financial independence is, but it also depends on God. So whether you're financially independent or not, you still need to depend on God. And so even as I talk about money, as I talk about, you know, over the past few weeks, men and women in the Bible and how they dealt with money. Hopefully you've seen, and if you haven't listened to those episodes, you can always go back and listen to them. You've seen that they've depended on God. And today, we actually take a look at our 12th installment of men, women in the Bible, and how they deal, deal, dealt with money, sorry. Today, we look at Daniel. So, we're currently on this journey. We're looking at men and women and their interaction with money. But also, their dependence on God. So the main passage that we will look at today is in Daniel 6, 1 to 11. And I say the main passage because I'm talking about the Bible. And I could talk out of my head, but trust me, you're not going to like that. But I could read the Bible, and then the Bible can kind of shape our conversation. So I'm going to turn in my Bible, and if you want to, you can do the same. It, it actually helps if you read it too, making sure that I'm not talking foolishness. Um, Daniel 6, 1 to 11. You can follow along if you're not in a position to open up your Bible. Later on, take a look. Make sure Kino read what the Bible said. It pleads Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree, put it in writing, so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. 
Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So a little bit of of what's going on here. Darius the Mede, who's the king, he intends to set Daniel over the kingdom, meaning that Daniel will be next to the king and everybody else will be under Daniel. Right now, there are three administrators. Daniel is one of them, but the king wants to promote Daniel even further. Daniel's co-workers, I'm using co-workers in a loose term, loose way here. His co-workers got wind of what the king had planned, and they devised a plan to destroy Daniel. They could not find anything in Daniel's work to find fault with, so they looked at Daniel's spiritual life to find a way. And not that Daniel did anything wrong in a spiritual way either, but there's something there that they would catch him on. It's what they're thinking. They come up with a scheme. Anyone who prays to any god or human for 30 days other than the king would be killed by being thrown into the lion's den. When Daniel heard about this, he goes home to pray. Three times a day, he got down and prayed for help from God. And the scripture said that he prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before all of this craziness happened. The men go and they find Daniel praying and asking God for help. And at that point, they're like, we got him. But one of the interesting things, as I was just reading it, came to mind, or I saw, is that they went to the king and said, hey, king, all of us have decided on this, but that was a bold-faced lie. Daniel did not decide with them. This wasn't a general consensus. This wasn't, oh, Daniel also agrees. No. So they're bold-faced liars. But the other thing was, they were going to kill Daniel. He would be thrown into the lion's den. That was their plan so the lions could kill him. So I don't know what office politics looks like for you, but this takes it to a whole different level. But anyway, Daniel is thrown into the lion's den, yet he is rescued by God. And you can say amen to that. The lions did not touch him. Daniel comes out, right? The king goes there first thing in the morning and he's like, oh, Daniel, you know, did God rescue you? And of course God did. Daniel comes out, but the king decides to throw the man and their families in the lion's den. Then the king makes a decree that people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel throughout the kingdom. So there's quite a bit that's here even as it relates to commitment, to prayer. But today, we take a look at the the money side of things, or the wealth side of things, which is our main concern today. And you may say, well, there's no mention here about money or wealth. Well, 
Daniel is about to be promoted. So I'm thinking he's making a pretty nice chunk change because he's one of three. He's going to be promoted above that to second in command. So perhaps like vice president, right? But he's going to be the only VP. They're not going to be, you know, 10 VPs. There's only going to be one vice president, and that's Daniel. So I'm thinking he's going to be making more money. So we're talking about it this morning. The guys around him did not want that. Why not? Did Daniel rub them in the wrong way? Did he do something that opposed them? Was it simply his work ethics? Was it that Daniel had the ability to get work done better than anyone else? Whatever it was, they despised him so much that they wanted to kill him. They looked for something wrong with what Daniel did, right? Was he cooking the books? No. Was he sleeping with his co-workers to climb to the top of the copper ladder? No. Daniel just did his work. He put his head down. He got it done without getting into the office gossip. I believe Daniel did his best for God. And like I said before, he's probably making some good change. And now he was in line for a promotion to make more, hopefully. I know sometimes people get promoted and the, the boss somehow finagles said that they don't make more money. But I believe Daniel was going to make more money here. These guys were envious of Daniel. And like I said, the crazy thing is they wanted to kill him. So perhaps one of them could get it. But then if one of them was then going to be promoted, were the other guys going to kill him too? This is, this is a crazy environment that Daniel is working in. So, not, not good company culture, to put it very mildly. But we learn a lot from Daniel. We learn, and I'm only going to say a few things here. He trusted God. He was a righteous man, and God was causing him to be promoted. And his work ethics, I believe, was stellar. The scripture says that he was neither corrupt nor negligent. As Christians, as believers, we should be like Daniel. It says he was neither corrupt nor negligent. Corrupt sounds terrible, right? Yet negligent is possible. Negligence is something I need to watch out for, right? For me, corrupt is like, oh, no, Kino, you can't be corrupt. Don't do that, right? But negligence. While on the job, I need to make sure I'm giving my best. I'm working as if I'm working for God. There are many things that can come into interfere with that. However, there's office politics, right? There are people jockeying for a position. I need to make sure that I'm not in that. And then we go to work, but there's life stuff, right? There's so many things that's going on in our own 
lives at home. And we leave it to go to work, but in our minds, it goes with us. And so there's a certain focus that we need to have so we're not negligent on the job. There's perhaps you have a side hustle, and that could come in the way of your main job, right? Or other job prospects, and you're looking and you're thinking and all of these things. And I'm sure you can think of some more things that can get in the way of you giving your best on the job. Daniel, however, was able to not be corrupt and not be negligent. While on the job, your focus must be there, right? There's lunchtime or after work, and you can consider all the other things, except the politics, of course, that are in your head. But while at work, keep your head on the job and get the work done. God will promote you. That's what you want. Because you're a hard worker and you're working for him. And you're not jockeying for position. So like Daniel, in our jobs or in in our businesses, we need to be not corrupt, not negligent. So Daniel was great at what he did and God promoted him. Let's be like Daniel. Trusting in God not getting in things we shouldn't get into on the job. And God will promote us if we're working for him. That's all I have for you today. Join me next time when we look at some of the wealthy people in the New Testament. So we've been Old Testament so far. We're going to jump New Testament next time. Also, please invite your friends and family to listen to the podcast. Tell them, search for Godliness with Contentment wherever they listen to podcasts. This is Kino Hanna signing off saying, check you later.